Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Haro, and we are keeping score. Busiest week in sports for 2020. So let's get right to it. Deal making stories, three to one. Number three, the average NBA franchise, now at $2.12 billion per Forbes, grew 476% in the last decade, thanks to International and a $24 billion TV deal with the three major networks. Their increase has caused other leagues to stand up and take notice. MLB, 262% growth. NHL, 192. And NFL, 179. Those are big deals, but nothing like 476% in a decade. What a return. The Knicks at $4.6 billion, proving you can be terrible on the court, but still have significant worth. Then the Warriors at 4.3. Cowboys, 5.5. Yankees, 4.6. And other sports are the closest, but not consistency at the top. The Bulls, 3.2. The Celtics, 3.1. Clippers, Nets, Rockets, Mavericks, all of them pretty significant. And consider this. In 1999, the Warriors were seventh least valuable NBA franchise and the Clippers dead last. Two decades later, they're now the third and sixth most valuable NBA franchises, respectively. Which NBA franchise best position to make a similar leap by 2040? That's what we'll have to find out. That's number three. Number two, the coronavirus paralyzed work and travel in China and the ripple effects are now sticking it to the NHL. Axios Sports says New Hampshire-based Bauer and Montreal-based CCM Supply. They roughly supply 75% of NHL players with sticks, highly customizable and made in small batches in China. And with the country at a standstill, the NHL unable to get fresh stock. The only major stick maker not affected is Warrior, which manufactures the sticks in Mexico and counts 22% of NHL players as clients. I've been looking for some new sticks, and I think they kind of slowed up a bit. Uh, Bruce, uh, Bruins uh, forward Charlie Coyle shared with the Globe. I'm trying to make do, trying not to break too many. In 2017, when hockey's Golden Knights debuted in Vegas, the Sun reported that an average hockey stick cost 185 bucks, and players go through 60 to 125 sticks a year. That's as much as 23 grand for one player, but you can't overestimate the value of a new stick to an NHL player, another unintended consequence of coronavirus. That's number two. Finally, number one, the Houston Astros brand suffers damage amid fallout from baseball's cheating scandal. According to tracking data from Morning Consult brand intelligence, American adult sentiment toward the club fell after details emerged about the elaborate sign interpretation scheme employed by Minute Maid Park Astros during the 17 and 18 seasons at home. In the two weeks following the January 13 release of MLB's report, the Astros' net favorability, the share of adults who view them favorably minus the share who view them unfavorably, dropped 12%. That made them the least liked club in MLB and the only team with a negative net rating. January 1 through 12, the days right before the league's report, the Astros ranked ninth among MLB teams in net favorability. 
And it's already been a rough going for the Astros at the hand of the Grapefruit League media, and games at 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches haven't even started. Well, that's number one. And we talk about branding of baseball, very important. Well, Major League Baseball is fine, but minor league baseball continues to grow. 41 million fans last year. They're more accessible than any other pro sports league. 81% of the U.S. population lives in a market with at least one minor league team and 129 clubs located in the top 100 designated markets. They were recognized in Sports Business Journal as America's most fan-friendly game ever or event for the fourth consecutive year, 132 ballparks opened since 1990 at a cost of $3.2 billion. But the issue about fan involvement and branding in baseball, well, as Major League Baseball has some issues, minor league baseball continues to, thri- to stri- thrive and strive for greatness. Josh Solomon, the Head of the Hartford Yard Goats, the AA affiliate of the Colorado Rockies, found that in 2016 when the New Britain Rock Cats relocated. The ballpark opened in 2017. Dunkin' Donuts Park, the Dunk, nicknamed the Yard Goats, was selected as part of a Name the Team contest, which drew over 6,000 submissions. Yard Goats, by the way, is rail yard slang for the switch engines or terminal tractors that shuttle train cars between different locomotives. The stadium adjacent to the Hartford rail yards. And one of the issues is how do you take a concept and implement it? Yard Yard Goats owner Josh Solomon won the Harvey, the excuse me, John Henry Moss Community Service Award in 2019, bestowed on a minor league baseball owner to be a philanthropic game changer in the industry. He's the co-founder of DSF Group, billions invested in multifamily real estate since 2000, and certainly understands what minor league and every kind of facility and branding does for a community. So given where we are with Major League and Minor League Baseball, pitchers and catchers reporting, and baseball beginning its season, I give you Josh Solomon. Let's talk about the specifics that earned you this award. One of the things that stands out is this Aetna Community Center. Describe a little bit about what it is and how you came up with that idea. Sure. So uh, in the initial design of the ballpark, there was a space that was going to be used for retail. And I think what we decided was we thought it would be a great front door for the ballpark, um, not as retail, but to turn it into a community center. And so the basis of our philanthropic activities is at this community center where we run our Young Ambassador program, where uh, high school students participate in an internship program where they learn about all the opportunities to work in sports, but not on the field or uh, dance classes or theater. Um, But we've also opened it up to the remainder of the community to use for their own um, philanthropic ventures. So we've really made it a hub of activity around improving the community in which we operate. The Young Ambassadors Program, as it impacts high school students, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, really what it is is we think kids are limited by what they're exposed to. And exposing them to all of the opportunities to work within sports um, without picking up a bat or a basketball, um, I think is a pretty fruitful endeavor. And so whether it be marketing or broadcasting or food service, it opens their eyes to a world of working in sports where you don't have to be a great athlete. 
and so it's really turned into a fantastic program. We have about 25 or 30 students every year that go through it, um, and it concludes with a summer internship working at the ballpark. The culinary arts program, talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, I, I think what we wanted to do um, was not really focus our philanthropic activities around sport. I think we wanted to focus on, uh, on other activities because the, there normally is some funding around that, but very rarely is there funding for theater arts, culinary arts. Hartford is an area that was in dire need of some education around healthy eating. So we started this culinary arts program where they learn. We bring in local chefs to teach young people about the benefits of a healthy diet. And um, they then go and use our commercial kitchens to make uh, healthy meals or a theater arts program where it concludes with folks putting on a production um, or our dance team. Um, just all things to try to bring um, the community together and provide them opportunities um, which they wouldn't have had otherwise. Another piece of this is to provide people who come to ballparks with a safe environment. There are a lot of minor league teams that have had uh, peanut-free uh, days or making sure they're aware of how to deal with people with allergies. You at uh, Dunkin' Donuts Field have taken it to another step. What, what's that? Well, I think what we found in meeting with uh, a lot of folks from the community is that there were kids who have never been able to go to a ball game because of their allergies to nuts and we thought that that um, was unacceptable. We sell 300 items of food and beverage to go without one so that people who've never had the opportunity to go to a ballpark could come and experience that. It was well worth the sacrifice and uh, it really has uh, you know, been heartwarming to see these kids have their first experience at a ballpark. What made the level of community engagement such a central part of your mission? I think the need is there, and I think as a, um, a steward of an asset um, like a minor league baseball team, I think it's our obligation to do that, and we have a great uh, platform to do such, uh, such things in the community. The corporate community bought in, um, and it's really been a, a, a success. How special is it to know that across all of America, minor league baseball has such an important mission about philanthropy in all of their markets. Yeah, I mean, I think it is something that is critical. And actually, although we are thrilled to be awarded the John Henry Moss Award, it really should go to all 160 communities in which we operate because the work that minor league baseball teams are doing in their community um, to improve the lives of those folks is tremendous. Um, they're institutions that really have such a positive impact on the communities that they operate in. So it would be more appropriate if we could give it to all 160 clubs. We think that it is a great platform to be able to transform communities um, in a really positive way. And you don't just talk about it, you do it. Thank you very much. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Very interesting perspective for all of baseball, not just what Major League Baseball is going through now. So words to live by, Josh Solomon. Let's look at the Sports Tech Minute. We have to deal with NASCAR, NASCAR, and more NASCAR. The Daytona 500, hampered by rain. But the first season since NASCAR closed on the purchase of the International Speedway Corp in October of 2019. And much of the discussion surrounding the motorsports roll-up focused on expected changes to the 2021 schedule. 
President Steve Phelps of NASCAR stated that the acquisition already begun paying dividends in the form of consumer insights gained in prior to the sale. The two companies had the ability to look at each other's data through third-party platforms, but NASCAR limited in what it could derive from their analysis of the fan base with critical information warehoused in multiple locations. Now, with the two databases having merged into a singular source, the organization able to mine deep insights and convert those findings into actionable strategies to smartly engage each individual fan. NASCAR using the data to target prospective fans more than it ever has, and not just with offers to buy things. So a merger and a purchase may help NASCAR in coming years. That's the Sports Tech Minute. Welcome in to the Esports Minute of Keeping Score. I'm Mitch Reams from the Esports Network. Betting on esports is poised to be a big business. As states suddenly have the responsibility of deciding whether to legalize sports gambling fall to them after a 2018 Supreme Court decision, esports are part of that consideration. Indiana explicitly outlawed esports gambling. A few other states made sure esports was included, but the majority of the 20 states that have passed some sort of gambling legislation did not mention esports at all. Both DraftKings and FanDuel have expanded into League of Legends. DraftKings offers daily fantasy games for League, while FanDuel incorporated League of Legends lines into its online sportsbook, which is available in just four states. Other offshore sportsbooks like Bovada and Betway offer a fairly robust amount of odds and lines for various esports games. In Vegas, the major casinos aren't touching esports odds yet, but once the storm kicked up from the Supreme Court decision dies down, esports will become a main focus of bettors and bookmakers alike. That's all for this Esports Minute. Now back to Rick Hora. And finally, let's end with the Power of Sports Minute. Dealing, obviously, with the fallout of the NBA All-Star Game and Kobe Bryant. Vanessa Bryant announced the renaming of the charity originally inspired by her husband, the late Kobe Bryant. There's no 24 without number two. Mamba Sita Gianna Bryant honored through the renaming of Mamba Sports Foundation. Kobe and Gianna mourned worldwide, but their basketball and philanthropic legacy lives live on through the effort of others and the renaming of the Bryant Foundation. And then, according to basketball experts, 193 students, currently high school juniors, will have their college tuition covered at the inaugural LeBron James High School class, free tuition at Kent State University. When they were visiting the Kent State campus, they were told of the donation and erupted in cheers. Many of their parents watching a live feed from a separate room <laughs> burst into tears. What a great thing. James's legacy long been cemented on the court. Now he's solidifying his philanthropic efforts and post-basketball identity even more as leaving the league a positive venture. Thank LeBron and thank the memory of Kobe. Well, that's our keeping score for this week. Busy week, busier next week, and we're looking forward to joining us, Keeping Score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek, Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital. I'm Ricardo. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.